Hi, I'm Kelsey. And I'm Caitlin. Welcome to Karma is a Bitch podcast, where we discuss our personal struggles, provide you, the listener, resources, and share methods for overcoming obstacles. So what is karma anyways? Karma is your individualized lesson plan for life, created by the universe, guided by your actions and choices. Whoa, that sounds intense. I hope you're ready. And let's be honest, I hope I'm ready. Let's dive in. In preparation for the upcoming holiday season, which for most Americans means overindulging in everything from shopping to alcohol, we will be discussing food. Specifically, we'll discuss food and feelings, social aspects of diet, and tools to not only get you through the holiday season, but create a healthy, positive experience for you and your family. Some questions we'll explore will be, do you have a healthy relationship with food? Are you comfortable in your body? Uh, Are you using food to buffer your emotions? Do you want to explain what that means, Caitlin? Yeah. um, So oftentimes we don't, we're not really taught how to deal with our emotional states in a healthy and positive way. And so our first, our first way to soothe ourselves is through food. And um, it's the first substance that we can, we have access to that's external. And um, so that's like breastfeeding or uh, usually we have access to that before anything else. So we buffer mm-hmm. with food. And, and also for, I know in body talk, um, which is a energy healing um, system that I am trained in. They talk about how um, if you're constantly digesting food, it you don't have to like process your emotions. And in psychology, we know that memories and emotions are not just stored in the body in the brain; they're also stored in the body. So um, that might be kind of an, a scientific-ish aspect. <laughs> yeah, um, I. Interestingly, I was sharing an office space with somebody who was doing somatic experiencing. And so we did some trades for recovery coaching and somatic experiencing. And at the end of our session, my stomach was grumbling and I wasn't Mm. necessarily hungry, but she was telling me it was because I was digesting all of the emotional ruts Mm. that we had cleared through. It was really cool. Yeah. But um, so using food is a way to buffer that those uncomfortable feelings that come up. And so we'll talk about that a little bit today, too. So, you know me, I love to start with the definition. And um, I define addiction of this tendency towards self-harm. And in regards to food or food addiction, this could include binge eating, abstaining from eating or anorexia, only eating certain foods as a way to moderate eating or only using or only eating certain foods is called orthorexia and uh, moderating eating using uh, cigarettes, alcohol or other drugs as a way to curb the appetite and over exercising as part of a binge purge cycle. And um, these symptoms can can be hyper-focused or vigilant or swearing off all foods or certain foods and then binging. 
And when we become hypervigilant or notice these symptoms, it can be the neon sign for an unhealthy relationship with food. We might also call that disordered eating. Um, so there's a difference between eating disorder is something that is in the diagnostic manual, which is what psychologists uh, use to diagnose people. And that is actually only um, bulimia and anorexia. But then beyond that, even if you don't have bulimia or anorexia, you might have disordered eating, um, which is like orthorexia. And um, would overexercising be a part of disordered eating or is that actually a part of that binge purge bulimia cycle? You know, I don't recall it being in the diagnostic manual when I was in college, like any terms of um, over exercising, but it was definitely um, like co-occurring. Like when we spoke about tendencies of people with eating disorders, over-exercising was like a huge one, especially because ex- exercising can kind of be an appetite suppressant. So if you are anorexic and you feel hungry, you can drink some water and go on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Got I'm it. I'm not recommending you do that. No. <laughs> Where are the boundaries between a, a healthy pattern and an unhealthy pattern are? Because it's okay to be hungry and go work out. And it's okay to work out. But there are lines and boundaries and everybody has a different boundary, right? I think it really comes down to how much of mental space is it taking up? Like how Mm. much time a day? And you might do a little experiment where you carry a little pad and just make a notch every time you find yourself thinking about food or eating and then see how many little kind of slashes you have at the end of the day. And you might find yourself being pretty surprised at how much um, time it is taking up time and energy. But that being said, that's fabulous. That being said, like eating obviously is an integral part of being human and being alive. And it is okay to want to eat healthy. Um, and using tools to do that, you know, you know what I mean? Like, so I think of it as, as you were saying, if it's charged or not, how much energy is going into it and clean eating is yes, it's important. It helps your body function. It helps your mind function. But if you're putting so much charge into it and the minute you take a bite of something that isn't necessarily clean, then if there's a ton of guilt, shame, energy around it, then it is, then it's become negative. And I've felt that in my own life. I used to be a raw vegan. And so anytime I would even have a cooked food, let's say, I mean, an organic sweet potato French fry that was cooked in the oven, I would guilt myself. Yeah. And that, so that's how I know that that was unhealthy for me because there was a charge afterward, not necessarily clean. Was eating, it bad or good food? Clean eating. That phrase is so obscure. Also like what, what is clean eating? There's, there's no like real scientific definition for it, but I think that all, um, all medical professionals and scientists probably agree that most people could eat more vegetables eating more, you know, broccoli, 
kale, um, cabbage, like kind of the green or like cauliflower. I still don't. I think it has to be, it's different for everybody. And the reason I say that is because there's no way that I should be eating more vegetables. I probably have five vegetables or 10 vegetable servings a day. But like, imagine your diet before the diet you grew up on. Like that's kind of like when the average hot dogs and yeah. And uh, Pop-Tarts. I think it's just, it's hard because you see so many things. Like you see um, the slow carb diet, the Atkins diet, the paleo diet, you know, like the um, ketogenic diet. And it's like hard to kind of know, oh, what should I be doing? And while I think it is good to um, explore new things and see how you feel, and it really takes about three months of any given diet for there to be uh, like a real effect. Um, Generally speaking, for the standard American diet, eating more vegetables will be very helpful and just lowering your sugar. That's kind of what everybody agrees on, lowering lowering your sugar, which is hard in the holiday season because there's just so many sweet treats everywhere. <laughs> and, you're pro- and people are probably baking them with their family. Mm. And how do we change that social structure around – I mean, to an extent, I hate to be dramatic, but – killing ourselves yeah and sugar so, is killing you yeah and so how how can we take this like act of you know making chocolate covered pretzels with sprinkles on them to something more healthy like rock a cow balls with peanut butter and pumpkin seed or something that is more healthy into the future yeah i think that for people looking um, up new recipes and trying new recipes. Although I will say that is also hard this time of year because there's a lot of nostalgia for whatever you cooked with, you know, with your grandmother or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and ju- and I think it's good to have some awareness over what you're doing and you're eating. Um, I used to do the master cleanse every now and then, which um, people might remember as like the lemonade diet. And it just was lemon juice, cayenne pepper, and maple syrup. And um, you got all your calories from the maple syrup and your essential minerals. And you got all of your essential vitamins from the lemon juice. And then the cayenne pepper just helped, like, um, cleanse out your your um, circulatory system. And it was very depressing. I mean, I'd only do it in, like, the spring or the summer because um, keeping warm, it's important to eat cooked food to keep warm. Um but it's, it was amazing how much I realized like, oh, so much of, of all of our social experiences revolve around food. You know, you meet friends and go out to eat. You get a drink. You get some coffee. They come over for dinner or, or something like that. You go out for brunch. And mm-hmm. since I wasn't eating, I was like, wow, I have like nothing to do with my friends. My friend Sarah was actually like, yeah, call me when you're like done with the cleanse, I guess. And- you know, but is that a, a habitual patterning? Because I can think of 10 things off the top of my head that don't involve eating. Go rock climbing. Go for right, a but, hike. But okay, go most people aren't doing those dancing. Things. So that's what, like, that's what I'm saying. They, you need to like have some – bring some um, awareness into your life and what you're doing and what are you socializing around. Because socializing mm. is super important for humans. And then – yes. You know, you maybe using sites like Meetup and finding people who also want to read the same book as you or, or want to go for a hike or do, you know, knit or something um, mm-hmm. so that you can expand 
your social experience. And that's the same for the holidays. Like instead of maybe having like a holiday cookie party, like have a holiday crafts party or a holiday board game party where wreath making wreath making, or it's not around eating cookies or drinking. Um, Yeah. Is it eggnog? What do people drink in the holidays? Eggnog, mulled wine. We always had brandy slushes growing up. (laughs) Is that a holiday thing? I mean, maybe. I don't know. When did your parents start giving you brandy? I mean, I I shouldn't answer that question. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the other thing. Like, look at what you're doing with your kids because a lot of times we use food as a reward oh, you won your soccer game. Let's go out for pizza or ice cream or like, you know, you did well. So here's some candy or something like that. Um, I experienced this last week. Let's celebrate. Let's go buy a chocolate bar. No, no. Let's celebrate by going to see a concert. It's okay to have a chocolate bar, but when you're tying all up those emotions up into it, then it kind of becomes something else. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I love chocolate bars and I eat them when I crave them, but I'm not going to eat it just because I'm celebrating. But that had to be a conscious decision that I worked toward over years. And so if this is your first holiday season, thinking about the social interactions and the habits and the charge around different activities associated with food, then this is just a noticing year. And you might just take, take note of each situation and how food plays a role in it. And then the next year, maybe modify it. If, and noticing what your energy levels were before, during, and after can be a really profound practice as we get into the emotional states and how they're tied to food. And not shaming yourself. So maybe you did eat too many cookies at the Christmas, you know, um, holiday party, but just noticing like, okay, I ate too many. How many, how do I feel now? Like, why do I think I did that? Like, you know, this could also be a very stressful time. For people which mm. um, can result in overeating so trying to reduce this shame just noticing it um, and if there is an emotional charge noticing that also mm-hmm. and you know I'm one that likes journaling but there are several studies that state if you if you haven't touched into your emotions um, in a long time maybe since you were a kid or you've been emotionally eating for a long time just writing these things down as they come up can allow you to identify, oh, I was feeling really stressed going shopping for nine hours and spending a lot of money. And that caused me to come home and eat half of the apple pie. (laughs) Does that sound like a personal story that happened recently? Because it may have. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, apples. So delicious. Yes. Yes. Um, But just to note, notice also when you're in a social situation and somebody is pressuring you to eat and knowing that it's not you, it's not, it's not about you. It's about their wanting justification for their own actions. And so if you're around somebody who's pressuring you to do something that it's against 
your, your body or your health, just saying, you know, I'm okay, but you, you go ahead and eat that. Yeah. Like don't try and shame them then either. And, um, and you know, over the holidays, we see a lot of people that we haven't seen for a long time. Um, and just being aware of what you say to them too, and being aware of what people say to you also, not, not taking it too heavily, because a lot of times when we haven't seen people, we tell them, you know, like, oh, you look great. Did you lose weight? Uh, and the implication of that is like, you didn't look great before. Mm. So, so instead- profound. That practice is really profound. Right. Ask them how they're feeling. Maybe tell them they look like, like if they look happy or um, something like that, rem- remarking more on their mood, engaging with them on how they're feeling and not. And even if you notice that someone lost weight, like just leave it alone. <laughs> because not, not necessarily is um, losing weight associated with health. We know that people can lose weight off right. eating donuts or yeah, Twinkies. Exactly. Or and, being so stressed out they like can't eat. Yeah. Or depression. And so, um, and that can also be a part of gaining weight or, you know, for me, usually when I'm really happy, I gain a few pounds. And so for somebody to say, oh, did you gain some weight? I'd be like, that would offend me because I'm in such a a joyful state of being. Yeah. So, um, great point. Like we, we do need to watch what we're saying to people and that practice of asking them how they're feeling. Right. Yes. And then like just listening and being present with them. And, to, and if you have, if you find that you have a problem with eating too much, some people, it, the, the problem is, is they aren't actually bringing enough awareness to them and they don't have the parameters or understanding of like what is kind of needed. Um, for me, I use I don't always, but sometimes I use an app and I track what I'm eating just to kind of see like, am I getting enough fat? Am I getting too much protein? Because I have a tendency to eat a lot of protein, which, you know, isn't necessarily needed. And I use an app, which I hate the name of, um, but it came out of a study I participated in with um, the Yale, with a Yale PhD student, and it's called um, Fat Secret. And it breaks down, you, you enter in everything you eat and then it breaks down and it tells you how much, you know, how much fat you're eating and, um, fat carbs and protein, and you can get more detailed than that. And then you can look over the course of, you know, a week or a month or anything like that. And you can see like, Oh, when I, I felt better when my fat was at this level, then, um, when, you know, my carbs were at this level or something like that. Oh, just, just a part of identifying what you're eating and how you're feeling. Is that what you're yeah. using it for as a tool of reference? Yeah. And also, well, and it's also sometimes like you, you don't always have the idea of like, okay, well I had three eggs for breakfast. Um, and then I went on to eat, you know, um, something some meat at lunch and meat at dinner and then I'm like oh wait my, my percentage of the day I'm at 50% protein 50% of my calories for today was from protein like that's a little much I should try and like have more vegetables or something mm-hmm. you know because I feel like a lot of times people just eat like by, they like eat are flying by the seat of their pants mm. 
and just have just like starting to build that awareness and then you do get to the point where I mean I wouldn't recommend using it for the rest of your life I would recommend um just trying it out it sounds like the the way you are using it is really healthy and as you talk about it there's not a charge associated with it but yes but I have the tendency to become hyper vigilant with those types of apps or writing things down or counting calories. And so like a good practice for me is to not do that at all. Yeah. So depending on your personality type, um, your, your, uh, your methods will change. Like, cause you eat three meals a day, right? Or eight, you know, like three (laughs) minimum. Okay. So and I'm the opposite. I want to eat like one or two meals a day mm-hmm. and like not really snack. Yeah. Yeah. And noticing for yourself, that's what you need right. and it's going to be different. And I think that that's a huge part of that social construct is that we're supposed to be hungry at 7 p.m. Right. I'm never hungry at 7 p.m. I'm hungry at 4 yeah well and then also like like breakfast is the most important meal of the day and like I forced myself to eat breakfast forever and then I finally was like I'm not forcing myself to do this anymore I don't like it it doesn't feel good in my body and I gave myself permission to not eat breakfast and I feel so much better and I have so much more energy now so I guess what it comes down to is there is no normal we all have different bodies and we need to fuel differently and so How can we be in relation to other people while having that integrity within ourselves to feed and fuel properly? Right. And, and really notice, noticing the effects on your body. In your mind. Yeah. So if you're at the point where you can't think clearly you probably need to eat. Yeah. But a lot of people don't recognize that. Well, and it's funny because it can be so different for people. So like I'm someone who that hunger doesn't really affect my thinking abilities, but for my husband, he, he really goes into a cognitive deficit if he hasn't had, um, if he's hungry and it's Mm. pretty amazing to watch. (laughs) Yeah. So again, I think that practice of either writing down or taking a mental note throughout the day, where's your energy? What have you, what have you eaten? What might you need to change or eat more of? Um, And then in terms of the holidays, just being aware of the social pressures um, and, you know, feeling confident in yourself and saying no, it can be frustrating because people really push food. And because um, it's like in a lot of cultures, it's seen as like love, you know, they're trying to push love on you, but it's also just sugar. So like, you need to say no, you know, and, and so how can we love each other in different ways? Right. Yeah. That's and, something you can do. Yeah. And you can, I mean, that, that's just holding space for somebody listening to them while they speak, um, being in their presence Often if, if there is that big ritual of everybody's in the kitchen and we're all making something together, that's fine. 
But having that option, like you said, to just say, no, I'm okay with not. I'm going to have some tea and I'm going to eat my food separate. Yeah, herbal tea, herbal tea is like a great, um, a great tool too. And, um, keeping away from sugar, I find, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like having a nice cup of tea that has like cinnamon in it is, is for me is like dessert. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's this one in particular called healthy skin from like maybe Yogi tea or something and it has it's like cinnamon vanilla and I love that after like after dinner or something like that yeah yeah looking exploring new um new things like different flavors of tea or um new recipes that maybe have a little bit less sugar in them um and I think about this as like getting into any kind of habit or rut so you're talking about finding new ways to to treat yourself. Yeah. But even, so if you usually are having a cookie party or a fudge making date with your family or your friends, instead you could go see lights out in Mm -hmm. the neighborhoods or you could make a wreath like we talked about doing craft party. And so it's like exploring different activities and um, avenues of celebrating with one another it, it's in a, a new adventure and experience that builds trust. Um, we legit used to go caroling. That's cool. Except for the people who had to answer the door. And listen <laughs> to <it>. Oh, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, <laughs> I have not seen carolers or heard them in ever, maybe. I know. Let's bring back caroling. Yeah, we should bring back caroling. Is that like a Northeast thing? I mean, maybe. I don't know. You we used to have the drive-through, drive-through nativity scenes. What is that? Why would you drive through it? <laughs> I don't know because it's, it's the just... Midwest and every nobody wants to get out and walk. So <sighs> the only way yeah, they it... they'll do it or participate in it is if it's a drive-through. Um. I went to a nativity scene in Idaho last year and it was like a little play put on by one of the churches and it was freezing cold. Oh, I bet. It's like negative one. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cold. Um, okay. So I, and I do, I think we should talk about the emotional aspect and how stress, happiness, joy, sadness, all of these emotions can, if we're, if we're full, too full to feel, then we, um, we're, it's like a repressing of those emotions. And yeah. I had never felt this. So audience, Kelsey and I last Christmas went to 10 days of silent meditation. It was wonderful. It was really wonderful. I cannot wait to do it again. But we were both starving. And um, I think on day 10, we were eating coconut oil out of Kelsey's cosmetic kit. Yes. (laughs) I was so uh, I was starving because I couldn't eat any of the food they had. I thought that I would be fine. I figured I grew up on, you know, the 80s vegetarian diet of oatmeal, stewed prunes, soy milk, rice milk. Um, And I was not fine. Tofu. (laughs) 
Um, and I like I love that stuff. I grew up on it, but my body cannot handle it. And I had a huge candida flare up, and um, everything had like canola oil in it. And I couldn't. The only thing I could eat was um, sunflower seeds at breakfast, and whatever the steamed vegetable was that day for lunch. Um, and then the oil out of my cosmetic. <laughs> And cayenne. I would just wake up because we weren't allowed to talk to one another. And I would just see Kelsey dumping cayenne pepper into her water in the morning. (laughs) Oh, but so that was the first time that I had experienced like starvation on a cellular level. I would wake (laughs) up at 2 a.m. and never go back to sleep. Because yeah. we had to wake up at four and meditate anyways. But so I'd wake up starving and then, you know, you're eating like an apple and some oatmeal. And then I'd have these during these hour long meditations, I would have um, these emotional states come up that were really big. They felt uh-huh. big and I would leave just wanting, craving anything, food, sugar, honey, soy milk, anything. And um, it was really difficult see, for me. Did you see some of the plates that some of the the women were eating? Like these women would have like three plates full of food. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, I mean, yes, I definitely noticed that people were buffering with food yeah. because it's a lot easier to go into a two hour long meditation and think about the digestion happening in your stomach or the discomfort that's there mm-hmm. instead of feeling everything. And so if you notice that as you're journaling about food and emotional states, if you notice that you're doing that, every time you have a difficult conversation, you go to the kitchen. Every time you come home from an exhausting day, you go to the kitchen. Notice that and try to break the cycle just by going and laying in bed. Like lock yourself in the bedroom for 15 minutes. See what it feels like. And then if you still want to go to the kitchen, go to the kitchen. It's important to remember that it's okay to be hungry sometimes. It's okay to feel bad sometimes. Like we don't need to take steps to alleviate those immediately. Like if you feel bad, sit with it. Great point. And that they're impermanent. They will Mm -hmm. go away. Mm -hmm. And, um, And just because you're hungry doesn't mean that you need to eat either unless Unless you do, I guess. But you do have to get to know that, that within yourself, those times that you're feeling emotionally charged eating and when you need nutrition to be healthy. Right. And this is part of the, like, the karma of, you know, being alive is um, going through the process of sometimes feeling bad and letting those feelings process and happen that's part of like our karmic journey and if you're constantly repressing that part of the karmic journey with food you're really not going to make any progress yeah yeah and um if you are really wanting to look into this um i would say going to a vipassana is a really great way Mm -hmm. to address some of those issues um working with a counselor a therapist a recovery coach can be helpful as well. And, um, you know, I'm not a huge fan of AA or OA, but 
that's okay. Overeaters Anonymous is something that's helpful. They also have an anorexia and bulimia section, and that can be a resource for you as well. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. If you would like to let us know what you think or have topics you think we should cover, send an email to Kelsey and Caitlin podcast at gmail.com. Or if you are on the Anchor app, shoot us a voicemail at karma is a bitch, all one word. Caitlin here. You can find out more about my workshops as well as addiction recovery, life, and couples coaching by going to www.incorporate-wellness.com, Incorporate Wellness on Facebook, or Incorporate underscore Wellness on Instagram. And you can find me, Kelsey, at KelseyJondro.com, on Facebook at KelseyJondro, and Instagram and Twitter at Kelsey underscore Dondro. Until next time, wishing you good karma. You don't have to say that. No? (laughs) No, because it's in the outro. Oh, good. Yeah, so I think we're done. Awesome. Okay, I'll call you back. Okay, bye.